different episode of Bosses Man 3. The fact that it is me and Kilikev from Ride the Wave Media on the show. We're doing a Kobe-dedicated, Kobe-specific podcast. Everybody has their takes about Kobe. Everybody covered it in different angles and whatnot. But Ride the Wave, we had good posts on social media, but it feels if we haven't really talked about it um, as like the personalities of Ride the Wave Media. So we're not going to tell you what happened obviously like kobe bryant died in a helicopter crash with his daughter Gigi, along with nine others including the adabelli family uh christina mauser sarah chester peyton chester and the pilot era zobayan uh obviously if you're listening to this you know about the news about kobe bryant so we're more just talking about the impact he had in the nba uh just the craziness in the entire situation and really how the nba is going to move forward with this news but Kev, thanks for hopping on real quick uh, to talk about it. Yeah, thanks for having me, bro. So I feel as if just right off the bat, this is one of those deaths that you'll always remember where you were, what you were doing, like when you heard about it. Personally, I was on my couch. I was playing Call of Duty and I just died in between rounds. So I checked my phone and then Kobe Ryan died. I'm like, there's no way. So I think the entire day I was on my couch watching ESPN, just scrolling Twitter the entire time to see, like, this can't be real uh, because, you know, TMZ kills Lil Wayne regularly. They killed Rick Ross a couple times, but obviously Rick Ross and Lil Wayne are still alive, so we were waiting for other reports and all that to come out until it was eventually confirmed. But Well, I knew at the very beginning that TMZ was correct because TMZ, you know, when they killed Rick Ross and Lil Wayne, it was a couple years ago. Now, TMZ is the number one news outlet in california they got all the 911 dispatchers on lock you know all the emergency services people on lock they pay well okay so when mm-hmm. something goes down tmz is one of the first to find out especially something of that caliber um and when i got that uh i got a screenshot sent to me from a tmz post from two minutes ago so i got it right away from my buddy john and i was uh I we me GRD and Spike King we have a group chat and I immediately sent it in the group chat and GRD said you know I'm shaking and then we were trying to you know get confirmation once it was confirmed I went live and um, it was uh, broke the news to a couple of my followers it was uh, pretty crazy like you said it's one of those places you'll never forget where you were like Michael Jackson I was sitting on a couch in Brazil when he died you talk about Kobe Bryant I was sitting on Babs's couch in his living room when he died so um, today I want to talk about. Uh, you know, like Tyler said, uh, the impact he had on the NBA. But I'm going to bring up a couple of his stats, which I find, found interesting last night. You know, reliving the Kobe Bryant stat era. Um, in my opinion, his best season was a 2005-2006 season. Kobe played in 80 games, 41 minutes a game, averaging 35 points. Now, that is pretty crazy. With only three turnovers, which is the most impressive to me. Yeah. You look at a guy like James Harden averaging 36 points a game, which we haven't seen since that Kobe season, nonetheless. Um, but here's the thing. Harden has the double amount of turnovers with six. So yeah, probably Harden, way more shot selection, I'm sure. Uh, uh, he has three more field goal attempts per game, uh, right. James Harden. Um, Kobe retired, averaging 25 points per game. But Kobe's lowest scoring season besides his rookie year was the 2013-2014 season where he got that Achilles tear. Mm -hmm. Only played in six games that whole season. I ran the numbers, and if you remove that 2013-2014 season along with his rookie year where Del Harris, the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers at the time, 
played him for only 15 minutes a game because he didn't want to think he was playing favorites uh, and gave that whole veteran priority treatment to rookie Kobe yeah. and let the vets play. For his first two years, barely saw the court. I took those three years out. His 1996-1997 rookie year, his 1997-1998 sophomore season, and the 2013-2014 Achilles tear, Kobe would have averaged 31 for his career, which is one point above Michael Jordan. So that was neat when I ran those numbers last night. I think the craziest part about this whole thing is that, obviously, the night before LeBron James passed him third on all-time scoring list, media was all around Kobe. Everyone was talking about his career. My roommates and I were even talking about Kobe for, like, two straight hours just debating about his career and back and forth. And then we wake up, and, like, the most, like, the wildest news probably in my entire life uh, hit. Like, he was probably one of those people that you expect to be around basketball for the next 50-something years. You see, he's he literally learned Slovenia to talk to Luka Doncic on the sideline and he he just picks up all these small aspects of basketball that you thought like whether it's coaching GM role just coaching his daughter he was going to be involved not only in the NBA but the entire sport of basketball just the very for, opposite uh, of Michael Jordan yeah yeah Kobe Bryant would took the wheel you know Michael Jordan sits down at his home and um, doesn't do anything for the NBA unless there's millions of dollars involved and you look at a guy like Kobe Bryant and he goes to the games and he coaches his daughter's basketball team and he's an advocate for the WNBA and he pushes women's basketball. And um, yeah, just the week before he had, like you were saying, the WNBA, just literally the week before he had that quote that kind of went viral saying there's a lot of WNBA players that could play in the NBA. People took their own opinions to that, but either way, you can't deny he was a huge advocate um, for the WNBA specifically because of the whole girl dad thing that's going around saying it's more of a challenge to uh, be a girl dad than a boy dad, and he like br embraced the challenge. Uh, the saddest part, or obviously there's a ton of sad parts about this, but Gigi Bryant, 13 years old, she was on track for the for the woman's version of the LaMelo Ball, Zion Williamson type of coverage throughout her entire, basically, life, because name me another travel basketball girls team that anybody in the world cares about. But the fact that there should be post after post about Oh, Gigi Bryant drops X amount of points. Their team wins by 50. And Kobe Bryant's the coach and all that stuff. And he even makes posts about his own um, social pages talking about the future of Gigi Bryant. So, unfortunately, can't see that. But the legacy of uh, her and her father will obviously live on. About a month earlier, he had uh, put in a request for a um, pat patent on Mambasita. Because he called yeah. her Mambasita, and she was the next Mambasita, you know. So that was pretty. Um, when I when I when when I, when I when I heard about that, I was I was really sad about a month earlier. Um, so she she would have been known as you know the the Mambasita, you know the the Black Mamba's daughter, you know. And uh, I think she would have had a ran you know went on to have a an elite uh, high school career, collegiate career. That girl would have changed the face of WNBA, and it's 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 really heartbreaking. If you follow yep. Ride the Way Media, GRD, or Killer Kev, you saw that you guys did that Kobe shrine outside the garden, uh, and then the garden took it down. But did you guys just randomly think of that, kind of say, hey, no, we should so, do something? No, um, so uh, it was my idea. And, um, you know, GRD first suggested, oh, we should go tomorrow, all about this tomorrow talk. And I said, no, right now, today, now. So I said, hey, you could come or not. I'm going. So I grabbed two of my buddies. We went to the market basket right here in Damula's. 
and I went to the Goya section. I found uh, candles, and there was only a few purple and yellow candles, so I, I sold them out. I got all of them, and we went down over there at the garden, and it was a Sunday night, so you could picture Boston being pretty dead. Um, I mean, two bypassers a minute, and, um, you know, I set up the candle vigil. Uh, the news came through. They did a little segment with me, and then um, GRD came through about an hour later. He brought, you know, a sign um, a shoelace connected with a marker and he did a little setup where you could sign your name and stuff. And, um, uh, uh, you know, there was a bum involved, a homeless man. And, you know, basically what happened is GRD gave him 20 bucks to, uh, keep relighting the candles. <laughs> and, uh, the dude just ended up getting drunk and making a huge ruckus. Cause after GRD left, I drove by and I just seen this dude laying down there yelling out curse words and shit. So uh, security ended up coming and like he sees a homeless guy setting fires to candles and shit and basically just removed that just, whole yeah, took it down, took it down, everything. But, you know, it was there for a while. It was a Sunday night. If it was a game day, it would have been different. But, you know, I don't blame TD Garden too much. I mean. It was the homeless man, you know, drunk homeless man relighting candles next to the TD Garden. I mean, that yeah. place already <laughs> caught on fire once a few weeks ago because of the construction of the big um, tower they're building right out front. So um, I think they were just being cautious and stuff. So, you know, we, we kind of touched about this earlier, but what are your thoughts on Vanessa Bryant not hearing anything until TMZ reported it and the fact that. Like I personally at school, I have a bunch of media classes, and every single like every single class this week, we just keep talking about the Kobe Bryant news, and the fact that TMZ shouldn't have done this. TMZ should have told the family before they released it. But I think okay, so honestly, you want TMZ to call Vanessa Bryant. That's that's what I number? was thinking. I think it's just that this is just the world we live in now. It's, it's talking about it's. It, listen, Tyler, it's about breaking the story, okay? Yep. And as you know, as respectful I want to be to families. You got to break the story. Once you find out, you know, you're paying dispatchers to find out things. You're not paying to anticipate a death. But any kind of news, Kevin Hart getting in a car crash, should they wait till Kevin Hart's family knows before they break the news to the world? You know, it's one of those things where they're the first to break the news. That's the kind of business they're in. They're in California. All right, Hollywood. This is Hollywood lifestyle. Now, um, you know, a helicopter crash with nine people. I mean, if you want to contact Vanessa Bryant, you might as well contact the family of all nine people there. And before you could break the story, ABC News already picks it up. You know, uh, we don't have these people's numbers on speed dial, man. That's, so that, that's that was the biggest issue I had is you expect them to have like Vanessa Bryant's phone number. I think it's just like they're it obviously as bad as it sounds, it, it was a good investment in terms for tmz because they had their most page views in years and their website crashed and all the traction was like the, the news of the day was kobe bryant was dead through tmz so tmz was in the headlines for the wrong reasons but if you want to look at it no publicity is like bad publicity is still publicity i guess you could look at it that way but even then it just like it left everyone up in the air in terms of is this real or not but that's just the world we live in. Like social media is going to be the breaking news that you used to see on the television when the commercial used to stop and everything. The same thing. Airplane crashes with 300 people on board. You, you don't contact everybody's family member. Yeah, your mic uh, turned off or something. Nah. Okay, how about now? 
Yeah, you're good there. I said, um, you know, airplane crashes are the same thing, you know. Um, you, you, the airplane crashes with 300, 400 people on board. You're going to have to contact everybody's family member before yeah, you yeah. break it on national television. Airplane crashes, helicopter crashes, car crashes, all right? Um, they're bad things, you know what I mean? And, you know, Vanessa Bryant finding out her husband and her daughter died through TMZ, I mean, hey, uh, it, it, that's life, you know. I found out my mom died through a phone call, you know, and people just find out people die through phone calls or now the internet. It's just different ways of forms of communication. Yeah, yeah. even like obituaries. It is like they're not as common anymore with newspapers, but you still hear them, but you still read them. Uh, two quick things before we kind of wrap up. We're going to keep this kind of short because we well, don't want to oversaturate I just want to touch up on a few more stats before, if you want to go yeah, first. Yeah, No, go down. You can go. Okay. Uh, one interesting thing about Kobe Bryant, another interesting thing, there's a plethora of them, but uh, he began his three-peat at 21 years of age. That is, like, three years younger than I am right it's now. Just, I'm right? 21 now. <laughs> 21 years of age and continued a three-time back-to-back-to-back championship run and finished it at 23. So by the time he was 23 years old, he was a three-time NBA champion. Uh, he played four seasons with a field goal percentage higher than 50%. Four seasons with a field goal percentage higher than half of his shots. 07, 08, 09, and ironically, his six games played during that Achilles tear season. He played great those six games before he tore his Achilles. That was the last really championship run I think he was going for, even though his team was underperformed. That 2012-2013 Los Angeles Lakers season was truly bittersweet for his final run. Being at the time still a top three guard in the league, Kobe Bryant was. They added pieces around him that looked great for the West. Besides his relationship with Dwight Howard at the time, they still played very well as a healthy team. I'm going to name off some of Kobe's teammates from that 2013 season. Steve Nash, Steve Blake, as the Los Angeles Lakers starting point guards. Steve Nash was starting, but I say that because Steve Blake sometimes would finish yep. with more minutes than Nash. Um, Steve Blake, feisty guy, had dog in him, took no shit. Jody Meeks, Antoine Jameson, Ron Artest, Paul Gasol, and Dwight Howard. Two years later, the Bus family would blow up that roster and start finishing in the draft, start fishing in the draft surrounding Kobe with teenagers and begin rebuilding. And as much as that young Lakers team with a 17, 18-year-old, 18-year veteran in Kobe Bryant was made fun of essentially the laughingstock of the West, the vast majority of those players ended up excelling in today's game. I mean, relevant guys, uh, guys, top 50 guys in today's league. We look at guys like Lou Williams. He played with Kobe Bryant that 2012, 2013, 2014 season, would go on to be a three-time sixth man of the year. Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Now alongside LeBron, Julius Randle, one of the elite big men in the league, Kyle Kuzma, a lot of teams want to pick him up. He doesn't fit well with the Los Angeles Lakers team right now, but a lot of teams are looking to pick him up. Alex Caruso, the great white hope, Brandon Ingram, the best player, arguably on, on the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Larry Nance Jr., uh, big guy in Cleveland. Uh, and the most unexpected leap in that 2017 roster has to be D'Angelo Russell yeah, and what he did for the Brooklyn Nets last year and what he's doing for the Golden State Warriors this year. He is the front runner of the Golden State Warriors right now with that injured team. Uh, Jordan Clarkson before the tattoos. Uh, Zubak, who's a fan favorite along with Caruso. Uh, rookie Tyler Ennis, who's making noise in the NBA. Josh Hart. 
Kobe took these rookies and second-year players under his wing that year, and um, they ended up having excelling in this league today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the this is what I was going to touch on, the impact about not only these players, but players around the NBA. You see everybody sitting out. Um, obviously, you can't. I don't think you. they should have canceled the games um, simply because – a arena schedules and all that like stuff like you did cancel the staple center game i get that with clay uh lakers clippers but you can't work around all the schedules b some people just cope with just playing basketball like like i was saying i never had anything tragic to this extent especially happen in my life yet but like if i was just having a bad day i just go to like the park and play basketball for a minute but like especially these nba players like even if you give them two days off like the hurt's not going to change it's still going to be there I think the the second like Charles Barkley was talking about this, and Charles Barkley known for just being an absolute idiot on TV sometimes, but this is something that I think universally was accepted. It was you you just gotta have to get back in your life's routine as quick as possible. Not not ignore the fact that Kobe and all of this tragedy happened, but saying this this is just what we have to keep doing with our lives. Like we're paid to play basketball, we have to just keep going on with it. Like yeah, a couple of days off would I guess help the grieving process, but right away. What's the difference between one day off to taking an extra day off? So I, I wasn't really saying cancel the games. I just knew all the games weren't going to be that great. Uh, you can see players re- switching the number from eight to from whether you're number eight, number 24, you're switching number around. Do you think they should universally retire eight and 24? Um, it should be a personal decision from each team um yeah i that's what i was thinking too because they they were saying the the logo isn't having any plans to change through jerry west even though jerry west multiple times saying like he would like to see a new logo uh he kind of wants to see like who he passes the torch to it would make sense for me and kobe bryant like there's there's real no reason it's not like he was some like scrub player obviously he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time um so that would make sense but i don't think the nba in itself is doing anything like like Jackie Robinson number retired type of style, but well, I mean, I think it's kind of up. a fan push for the NBA to do that. It's the fans yeah. that came up with these logos in their in their bedroom, you know, in their basement, and, and sent them over and said, you know, the NBA should change the logo. I mean, if Michael Jordan died in a helicopter crash, everybody would be asking to change the logo to Michael Jordan. If she, yeah, you know, yeah. if if all these different guys, I mean, we can't just change the logo every time someone dies. And um, I think it would be a great thing for the Kobe Bryant changed logo. But uh, right now there's no plans for it. And I mean, it's something that the fans just want and would think it's cool. But as far as the NBA going global, it's not really a smart move to just change logos midway through. Um, and, uh, you know, I that would be a a, a, a a show of respect though for what Kobe Bryant did in this in this league and maybe we could we could honor him in different ways other than the logo you know i think it would be a cool idea but i don't think it's necessary right now yeah i mean you could see down the line when they do have to eventually change the logo or they don't never really do have to but and i never heard about Jerry it was saying i'm tired of being the logo yeah so he's been he's been anymore. He's been an advocate for the past couple of years saying he doesn't he's like he appreciates being the logo. But he he said, when I die, nobody's going to know who Jerry West is like. He's kind of taking a humble approach with it, saying, like, I kind of just want to see the new a new logo being like a new face of the NBA. Like one of the first trivia things you learn is like, oh, this guy's the logo. I think he wants someone else to have that type of thing. He was doing a sit down interview with I don't think it was Joe Buck, but it was someone it was someone who wasn't an NBA 
um, reporter, but it was more just like a national sports reporter um, a couple years ago. I should probably just look that up on YouTube should I give it a proper credit. But last thing before we wrap up, NBA season obviously still going on. In terms of the Los Angeles Lakers, do you see them, I guess, making the finals, winning the finals, especially with the extra motivation saying we got to do it for Kobe now, knowing that Kobe had touched on every single player's star player, at least career, whether it be private workouts, whether it be mimicking his game, whether it be text before and after games, but especially with LeBron, with his whole started in Philly, got his shoes, passed his record in Philly. Like that whole big story, does it go full circle with the Lakers winning a championship this year? I mean, prior uh, prior Kobe's death, I, I believe the Lakers would have made the finals. And I just think now it's extra motivation, like you said, for them to win the whole thing and take it home and uh, do it honor Kobe with this championship. Um, and uh, wish he was here to, to to witness it, you know. But I think he's watching down on on the Lakers and his family. Um, I think the Lakers make the finals. I think it's a ru- it's a rough run in the West, but I think they push through and they see Milwaukee in the finals. Yep. I believe that's the I, I'm predicting right now. It is uh, January 29th, and um. I, I think the finals is going to be the Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Because Kobe even has that connection with Giannis and the fact that they did private workouts. He did that when he retired, those Mamba challenges, saying, I want you to win MVP in two years. and like that. Giannis wins MVP last year. He could very well go back-to-back this year. But, yeah, so just to wrap up, Kobe Bryant, obviously, as a Celtics fan, um, you grew up not liking Kobe Bryant. You grew up saying, like, oh, this guy's the enemy. But in the back of your head, it, it's – this guy is very good at basketball. I think it's the same type of comparison with LeBron saying LeBron always beats us. Kobe always beats us. Like we're supposed to hate these guys, but there gets to a point when someone's greatness is just way above their hate. Like I used to be a huge LeBron hater and I grown up being a huge Kobe hater simply because I was a moron. I was a kid. I was like, these guys are the guys who the Celtics have to get past every year. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but when they don't, all that hatred and stuff goes towards those two players. But you still know, like, the Celtics gave everything they had. They just were not as good as these two players. So I think the Celtics fans, especially, it's just kind of a weird spot. Like a bunch of old, like Twitter is the worst place in the universe. Like all these people bringing up old takes, saying like Kobe Bryant like stinks, like all this stuff, just like kind of hating on him, and that gets all brought back up now, just so people could expose each other. It's just dumb. But Kobe Bryant, just one of the most unexpected deaths. Uh, in my as entire lifetime. Fan, as a Celtics fan, we never thought Kobe Bryant would break our hearts again. Yeah. And he did, yeah. you know, um, post-retirement. So, uh, Simple as that. Do you have any yeah. final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, Mamba out, you know, Mamba out. I have a Kobe Bryant poster right on my wall right here. I'm going to twist my... Um, oh, yeah, the 2K one. The 2K17 right there, as you can see, guys. So I've been having that for quite some time now, since 2016. So we'll make that four years. And as a Celtics fan, I always respected him. That's why I have this poster on my wall. And it's him waving goodbye. And it's so ironic, you know. And I watched his 60-point game the other day. It was very emotional ending. They were down by eight at two minutes left, you know, against the Gordon Hayward Utah Jazz. And Kobe Bryant came back and... 
and he, shut shit down, set shit on fire, you know, and ended up winning the game and scoring 60 points in his final game. And it was such an emotional game to watch. Did you see the Gordon Hayward clip going around saying on that free throw he stepped in the lane in case Kobe missed so he can get a lane violation and get Kobe another shot? No, I haven't seen that. And uh, Yeah. Know. So Gordon Hayward said he, he just stepped in the lane, but Gordon Hayward – Sign of respect almost. Well, he made it Clearly anyway. Stepped it. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was the thing. He's like, he made the shot. I just messed up. But I think in the back of his mind, he literally looked at the ref after he did it to make sure he saw it. But, yeah, we're not going to harp way too much on it. Like we were saying, everyone else had their own coverage on it. We just had to give our little two cents about it. So in Boston's Big Three, the Kobe Bryant episode. Ironically, I think this is episode 24. It might be. Or it might be 28. But even then, that's two and eight with Gigi and uh, – Kobe right there. All right, Tyler. All right. Thanks for hopping on. Appreciate it. Uh, Thank you. Here we go. Follow Killer Kev 182. That's it.